Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand. You could never understand. Feel the fortune flowing. You know it isn't stuck. The best rides are the ones where you bite off much more than you can chew and live through it. Tune to Good Morning. You're listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show here at 3CR. Streaming on the Trenet Sister or a podcast walking through your local park or riding along the Yarra Boulevard one morning. Many thanks to Amy Goodman from Democracy Now. It is a beautiful morning here in Melbourne. A little bit of low cloud. There's a light subtly with a little bit of west in it just taking the edge off it. Spring is shooting through the trees. Everybody is out on their bikes and happy. And joining us today on the tandem, good morning, Faith. Good morning, Val. And we're going on with our series of travelling around the world and um, by bicycle. And our guest this morning, Alex. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Val. Alex has done a tour of the stands through the Middle East and will be living that story later on in the show. Normal show, a good show coming up, full of bike moments, news and events, and all things that are happening around the world as far as bicycles concerned. Faith, something jumped out at you during the week? <laughs> Not during the week, but um, I guess uh, on uh, Saturday I took a little ride out just along the main Yarra Trail um, past Petty's Orchard and a little Ooh. bit further. And it really has that feeling of being in the country, even though you're still actually quite close to the city. That was uh, 
and I was uh, with a friend who hadn't been out there before, so they were quite amazed at the countryness of it, as long as you stay down on the path. Path, yeah, yeah. away from that noise of traffic mm. and the sound of bellbirds and yeah. everything flipping and, across. And oh, that was the, the thing, because of all the rain, all the billabongs were full and there was a lot of frogs, ah. really loud frog noises, which was It's a good beautiful. thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Alex, I know you're going to have a stunning bike moment from <laughs> some, at some stage of the Chiyakazang. <laughs> so I'll do mine because it's pretty small, actually, and sure. I'll just get it over and done yeah. with quickly. Uh, much to face uh, consternation, I, at some stage on one of the shows, I brought up an article that was written based on a couple of studies about visibility um, and why sometimes... I, as a cyclist, assume that uh, a motorist didn't look. That's why he didn't see me. Anyway, mm. this study gives sign to it. And, of course, uh, mean, being my usual male idea of being able to pull apart an idea and look at it and try and work it out, I thought to myself, this never happens to me. I never ride along and then suddenly see something that I've actually obviously looked at but haven't seen. Well, lo and behold, it happened to me. <laughs> and it was so noteworthy that I really remembered it. Just riding along the Capital City Trail, and I can see why you get in that little bit of a dream, you're just riding along. And there are a couple of crossings there where you have to give way to the cars, mm. and there's one crossing where the cars have to give way to you. Yeah. I rode straight across one of those intersections and did not notice a car about three feet from the intersection. It was quite stunning, actually. I'll end there. <laughs> and he's a very polite driver, of course, which was really good, but it just made me aware that sometimes you just don't see everything that you think you see. No. no. Uh, Alex, off you go. <laughs> uh, my bicycle moment uh, recently was, I'm thinking on the trip, when uh, I was in the middle of the, or leaving the Zorkel Nature Reserve, I hadn't had any water all day or since morning uh, after riding about 90 kilometres. Uh, the day before, I'd seen a snow leopard. Uh, that morning, I saw some ibex. Oh, sorry, not ibex, some um, Marco Polo sheep. And uh, I was out of food, out of water. I was wondering when I saw the freeway and um, it was looming and looming and looming and then finally I saw on the horizon I saw a truck and I thought that's where the asphalt is that's where I need to get to I'm safe uh, <laughs> sounded like there was a little bit of doubt there for a while I well yeah I ran out of charge on my mobile phone and my battery battery pack so I um I, I didn't know where I was on the map and I I couldn't navigate um I didn't know where I was so I was doubting myself and it's like how am I going to be able to feed myself without water so asphalt was uh, beat snow leopards and. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the snow leopard was the snow leopard was actually in a cage. Oh, it had been okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> not a very strong man here. But um, but uh, to know that there were snow leopards about was enough to yeah, enough to yeah. scare me. <laughs> As for losing your way, what were the sheep called? Uh, Marco Polo sheep. The- oh, he got across there with that many maps. Ah, uh, he did, yeah. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but he had he had a lot of sheep. Yeah, he took a lot of sheep. Probably a rifle with him too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get back to that uh, lovely journey of yours, and but uh, we'll be back with some news and events just after this um, little din set. Won't be a sec.
Estás sintonizando 3CR 1977 And you're back listening to the Arabag Radio Show on 3CR. Um, we'll quickly go through a couple of news items. And the inaugural European Road Championship was just held uh, in Europe. <laughs> and the, the men's was won by uh, Peter Sagan and the women's by Anna van der Brecken. So Good pronunciation pretty, there. <laughs> pretty uh, exciting uh, for all the European road races. There we go. It's heating up in uh, in Europe as we speak. Um, while we're just on that topic, a uh, couple of things are going on. A little bit of the, uh, from the Russian hackers, I presume. God, there's always these stories out there. There's a little bit of doubt on, or the use on certain corticosteroids in the uh, Sky Team, but I'm sure that the uh, UCI is on top of all this and crack down on it quick smart and fix it up. Uh, here in uh, Victoria, we should people are aware that um, the legislation or the regulation for a minimum passing distance from a from a car going past a bikers at the next stage of going through, it's currently at one meter for uh, speeds sixty kilometres and under, and one point five for speeds above that. I don't want anybody going past me at 60 kilometres. It's only one metre, if you don't mind. (laughs) And just uh, briefly, we'll mention in the um, Rio Paralympics, uh, one cyclist crashed in the road race, an Iranian barman Golbarn has had, and uh, has unfortunately died on his way to hospital. It's a sad end to uh, what's been quite an exciting set of races in the Paralympics for the cyclists. Yeah, and it's um, haven't had much luck the cyclists in Rio. No. Either the uh, the road race, there were a number of bad crashes as well. Bring us on to our main topic. <laughs> Why don't I design a race that could end up so hard that could be <laughs> only one finisher? And that's uh, just what Jess Carlson has done um, with Race to the Rock, which uh, finished or the winner finished uh, last Sunday, the 11th of September, Sarah Hammond, after Jess was forced to pull out um, from injuries he sustained while riding on on the route. Um, And uh, with... The exceptional rains we've had here, not only in Victoria, but also through Central Australia. Um, the Udnadatta track became impassable at several points and uh, Sarah got through, I think, one of the the Williams Creek crossing before it, it became completely impassable and so was able to 
forge ahead to the finish, leaving everyone else behind. Um, the I think the guys doing the video filming for cycling tips weren't able to follow and keep up with us so she was out there for a couple of days completely by herself and from the stories she has to tell some pretty horrific conditions mm-hmm. with uh, lots of red sticky mud mm-hmm. lots of four-wheel drives stranded because they couldn't go any further and um, just Sarah and her bike forging onwards. She's, um, remember when she was on the show here and I think I asked her whether she'd do it again and there was not one no. <laughs> split second of hesitation. This is talk, not race across America, trans America. Not one hesitation of saying, no, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. And there we went four months later. Yeah. And she only decided to go ahead and do this two weeks beforehand yeah. um, that she'd recovered enough. So and had never ridden a mountain bike except I think once beforehand. Uh, and yeah, pretty impressive feat. Yes, mm. something. Uh, and of course, this opens up this all um, the fact that yes, the rains interrupted people, but I mean it, it obviously leads to the point you can't control a race or do anything from the back. You know, if you're in front, you're actually, yeah. you know, a lot better off. But anyway, having um, said that as part of tactics, it'll make this a uh, go-to race, won't it? Yeah, well, it's it's a challenge like that is going to inspire a lot of people. It's not only, yeah, race to the rock, race to beat the weather, and that's that's probably part of Curve Cycling's tactics there to in the race planning. You've got to, got to beat the rains, otherwise, yeah, otherwise yeah, you're yeah. out. It's mm. not just pushing the bike along. <laughs> no. Uh, tell me, Alex, uh, much sort of similar territory between those two that you were riding through in uh, Tajikistan? Yeah, uh, there are some similarities. Um, we were both in open spaces and long distances between towns, sparsely populated uh, desert areas, uh, though it sounds like they probably had a little more water than I did. Um <laughs> Uh, and a few differences might have been that um, I was predominantly up at 4,000 metres uh, through the Pamir Plateau, uh, that well as they were close to sea level, um, and they probably would have had less food than I, actually. I, I was able to, you know, every um, 100 kilometres or so, I was able to stock up and have enough food uh, to get me through, but from what I understand, they were even more sparse on food out there. The self-supported solo... It's a um, it's a big uh, it's a big call. I'm not to get a little bit windy about it. <laughs> <laughs> but no snow leopards. No, they, snow. they wouldn't have had snow leopards. <laughs> and we dips our lids to Sarah Hammond. Yes, yep. that is yes. A, uh, a great amazing. ride, an amazing ride. And and it's so galvanising. You can see feel the excitement every day as as people realise what as what she's doing. Yeah. Um, it's it really uh, engages. Yeah, yeah. Elevates, great yeah. role model, yeah. you know, I can do it, we can do it, let's get on <laughs> to it. Yeah. And I've got to say, um, a great um, uh, way of viewing it, we all know from the uh, Race Across America and this, but the spot trackers and yeah. that, it's a great way to uh, watch an unfolding sporting event. Yeah, <laughs> throughout the day watching the, the dots move along the map and, yeah. oh my God, that's how much they travel in one day. It's yeah. Like, oh, well, and even at the point where Gunter turned back and and did that big loop and everyone before we'd heard what he was why and what he was planning on doing and you know thinking yeah Uh, so many stories so many stories well we should move on 
There are many places in the world, and we've been to many places in this room here, Norway, Japan, Perth. (laughs) (laughs) Morty Alex. Morty Morty Alex. Alex. (laughs) Um, You know, the ride up to Cooktown and all those things. We always love a travel show here. We haven't had anybody on who's gone to this, what is quite a central part of... European civil oh where am I going with this? <laughs> it is a it is a place that not many people actually put on their list as saying I've got to ride across the stands before I do anything else. Yeah. Alex, are you were drawn to it by its history or uh, well I've wanted to go there for many years, but um, in what form I don't know. I, uh, whether just a tourist or a cycle tourist, but I suppose the the timing was right for me wanting to do a cycle tour. I've never done a cycle tour before and um, I had enough leave and I'd met someone who um, told me about this track and she said, if I'm going to go cycle touring again, this is where I'm going. And I was inspired and I thought, well, I've, all my, everything's lining up. Let's, let's do <laughs> let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's start with a little bit of uh, basics. Um, fly into how long was the trip uh so i flew into dushanbe which is the capital of tajikistan and i took the long route via um turkey and it was about 37 hours flying time including layover um and flying home from tashkent in uzbekistan but um i was on the road from dushanbe through tajikistan heading heading east to china and then up into kyrgyzstan and finishing finishing my ride there how many k's? Uh, so it was about fifteen hundred kilometres. Yeah, and like I, I suppose I did a little bit of riding, um, but there were people out there that had on the road for three years. Um, a Dutch, two Dutch fellows I rode with, they were on the road for maybe five months, I think it was. Yeah. So I was a pretty lightweight. I was only out, out riding for three weeks. Compared to three years, it's not much. Yeah. So, did you? Were there lots of riders on yeah. the route? Uh, there was. There was many riders. It wasn't as busy, busy as Canning Street. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, when I started in Dushanbe, there's a, there was a warm showers host Vero I stayed with, and uh, and over the two nights I stayed there, there was probably fifteen or twenty cyclists that Ooh, stayed wow. with her, and I and I caught up with yeah. many of those along the way. Yeah. yeah. And most of these people on a heading. East from Europe or a collection of both ways, I suppose? Yeah, a collection of both. Predominantly, well, at that time, predominantly, most people were heading east to um, to China or to Kyrgyzstan and beyond. Yeah. Um, there were a few people heading uh, heading west. And there, were, there was an Australian who, uh, he, wrote, he was cycle touring on a BMX um, and he was there a few weeks before I, but I never ran into him. He's probably going to do Race to the Rock on it next year. <laughs> Shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, think outside the <laughs> So you better – where do we start, with the highlights of the trip? Uh, well, look, the highlight for me um, wasn't necessarily the riding. It was people's hospitality yeah. in, in Tajikistan. That was resounding, resoundingly the, the, uh, the memory I have. Um, just I, I arrived in one town called Safiduron and – I found a store to buy some dinner food, and this is all in Russian. There's no English, and so I bought some food. And the the proprietor Mork, she asked me, "Oh, what are you doing with the food?" It's like, "Oh, well, I need some dinner. I'm going to eat." She goes, "All right." And uh, well, where are you going to stay tonight? 
And uh, and I said, oh, probably just down the road. Mind you, mind you, this is at an elevation of already above three thousand meters. Uh, um, and uh, I said, I'll just ride down the road and stay down the road. She goes, well, just stay with me. And so it's like, oh yeah. And so we closed up the shop and we went back to her house and she pulled out some food. She sat me down, gave me food, and and then her sons um, played with my bike and. Put them on there, rode around the yard, and yeah. that's just an example of how open how open they are. Uh, Very hospitable people. You better um, touch on the altitude thing. Did you find that? Uh, uh, how did you cope with it? Uh, I was I was really uh, nervous before I left about how I'd go with the altitude, and I took all sorts of uh, well, I took a variety of altitude drugs, but um, uh, well, above three thousand meters, I just took it. Uh, maximum 500 meters gain per day yeah and uh there was one day when i got up above 4,000 meters where i had a slight headache in the afternoon but by morning it had passed and and so um i was fine but i was really well physically i was fine i didn't have any side effects uh it was just really really hard pushing the bike um, yeah. the, the highest i got was 4700 meters and it was really 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 hard pushing up that hill uh. and um short on breath like you stand there and if you don't breathe consciously um about having respiration then you you, you find you're, you're short uh. on breath yeah. we better um touch on the mechanics of one thing the bike nothing special not obviously not a bmx no <laughs> no but there were a few recumbents and um and foldable bikes i saw it there my bike was just a, uh, a a sort of beefed up touring bike that i bought from a local shop here in melbourne uh and i had a like a three by um three by full rigid um double like racks in the rear yep. and the front um, I packed quite light. I thought my kit was probably twenty kilos plus food and drink. Um, uh, yeah, I, I had disc brakes. They they disc brakes above three and a half thousand meters. If you don't have, uh, or if you've got air in the lines, um, they of course yeah. uh, they'll they'll get a bit spongy. But just a standard touring bike. Yeah. Um, yeah. Solid steel and no dramas. Uh, other than the brakes, um, no brakes brake problems which i mean they still worked fine i just had to pump yeah. levers and then saddle sores that was that was uh, the problems i had yeah um, it stops a lot of people a lot of people get very phobic about going out somewhere or what happens if three spokes break and stuff mm. like this most bikes are well built and modern bikes will get through all those things and remain in one piece yeah the um the shop i bought my bike from they they hand built the wheels for me and uh, and the mechanic Will he was he said ah oh, look when I when I've got the same wheel set and I've I've only broken one spoke once before when I had like I was carrying fifty kilos worth on the bike and he was carrying a bob um, and he said you, you'd have to like you'd have to do something silly to break spokes yeah. and I never yeah. didn't yeah I didn't break any so yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it was good I mean so people don't worry about that. Um, the cities, big cities. <clears throat> Pardon me. Not really. Um, not really big cities. The largest city was uh, probably Dushanbe, and that was maybe a million or two million people. Yep. Um, big wide Soviet boulevards with plane trees aligning yep. aligning them, and Soviet architecture, which is grandiose but, <laughs> uh, but pretty ugly. Um, and then there was one town, Khorog, in the uh, in the republic no districts of republican subordination or otherwise known as the premiers um 
But Hlodog had the – there was just one big traffic jam, basically. It was <laughs> yeah. only a town of 20,000 people, but wedged between – on this little sort of mud flat between two mountains that uh, skyrocketed oh, skyrock- wow. up. Yeah. And uh, just traffic jam the, the whole time. So what were the landscapes like you were riding through? Um, predominantly it was all mountain mm-hmm. um, and predominantly like in a rain shadow. Uh, so – I rode along the Afghanistan border, and Afghanistan's probably known for it being dry. So it was it was really dry, really rocky, uh, pretty similar to probably our central Australian desert. There's mm-hmm. sparse gra- grass and herbs, um, or yeah, little shrubs. Uh, the first few days outside of Dushanbe was really pretty, as green and orchards, and it was raining. But within maybe 150 kilometres of Dushanbe, it, it it turned and it just became really dry. So it's really that was an oasis almost, and the- yeah, um, I don't know. I suppose being on the Silk Road, there's all these little oases and valleys, yep. pockets along yeah. the way. So that yeah, it was a it was an oasis. After then, um, the only greenery basically was where a, a stream came off a mountainside, or a, 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 a yeah, a little stream and the local town they would divert the stream zigzag across the mountain to feed and then irrigate little patches yeah. of vegetables yeah. yep. the um before the show ends we should ask you tell us about the snow leopard then well it was in a cage um so i was in this uh hunter's camp and uh i stayed the, the hunter's camp was divided on one side was some local farmers with uh, with topoz or yak, as yep. we know them, and uh, and so I stayed with the with the farmers. And across the other side of the creek or the river was these these hunters, and they have they get international um, hunters coming and paying them large sums of money to go hunt Marco yeah. Polo and, and snow leopard. And um, it's un- really unfortunate. Uh, I asked the the hunters. I said, "Oh, have you got any Marco Polo sheep?" Because I hadn't seen any yet, I really yeah. wanted to see, even if it was a, a carcass. And then, and then he opened this gate, and it was pretty. It was really sad to see this snow leopard uh. locked up. Uh, it was like a garage and locked up, and it was hissing and angry, and um, but otherwise really beautiful. And I thought, and I immediately thought, well, I thought, well, if there's one snow leopard here in a cage, there's probably more out in the mountains <laughs> where I'm. <laughs> Where I'm riding, and yeah, I was, yeah, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty scared actually about what might happen to me after. So, were there any other things on the route that you were concerned about, or was it pretty relaxed in that sense? Like, um, I, I wasn't so concerned. I suppose naivety or innocence sort of helped me get through it. <laughs> uh, I have a friend who used to live in Tajikistan and. She was saying the route, the Pamir Highway, is a, a drug smuggling route, and so there's a lot of shady characters smuggling drugs from Afghanistan to the rest of the world. No. And uh, and she said there's a few towns that um, she had some uh, interesting interactions with others, and but uh, when I got to those towns, I stayed inside. I yeah. got, got to sundown, no. and I just stayed with my with my homestay hosts. Mm. Yeah. So, what's next? Uh, I don't have any plans at the minute. Um, I, prior to my holiday, I injured my knee, but I think the specialist has said it's just bursitis. So I'm going to wait around and repair my knee and then 
we'll see where it goes after. There we go. Sounds Thanks like for coming a plan. in. Nice, yeah. You're Sounds like a big plan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Mel. <laughs> now, uh, events. Just quickly. Yep. Um, coming up on October the 8th, there's a pushy women maintenance session that's been run by the Squeaky Wheel in conjunction with Fellow Cycles, and you can find all the details for that at thesqueakywheel.com.au. And if you're uh, a bit of a homemade bike builder out the back, you should get along and have a look on um, Bike Fun. The Art Bike is going to be on the first week of November. I think it's on day Melbourne Cup Day, actually. Yep. And it's... Uh, See if you can create a crazy, fanciful bike and take it to Co- take it to Brunswick Velodrome. Oh no, is that wrong? Coburg Velodrome. Coburg, yeah. And just very quickly, fifteenth of October, the girls from Melbourne Hurt are running another Fixies in Wonderland ah. Galley Cat. Galley so, Cat. Uh, and that's dress ups, Alice in Wonderland dress ups, and a sort of Alley Cat scavenger hunt for women. And I think of the. Single speed something championships on shortly. That's, that's very true. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. I don't know. I can't remember the date, but they're coming yeah, up. Soon. They're no. coming up soon at Wood End, and, and lots of fun events around them. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Bicycle mechanic uh, competition, from yeah. what I understand. And but Dirty Deeds will be running something too. So, yes. There we go. It's not a lack of things to do, and the roads are always there for you to ride on too. Yeah. And that's all we have time for today. 3CR relies on the support of its listeners, so if you'd like to make a donation or subscribe to the station, you can do that at 3cr.org.au. Coming up next is Dirt Radio. Y'all know y'all know how to kick it out. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.